Hello, folks, and welcome to Songs of Our Own, a marital tour through the music that shaped us. I'm your co-host, Lee Strickland. And I'm Alioni. Well, hey, Al. Hey, Lee. How you doing? I am doing great. How are you? I am so good. We got to celebrate your birthday. We got to hang out with some of our favorite humans, even though it was virtual. Like, things are, are very good in our lives right now. Yeah, they are. Um, we were doing a virtual ropes course conference uh, for the past, like, three days. And uh, I am was never in doubt of Zoom fatigue, but I'm here to tell you Zoom fatigue is real. And uh, it's been nice to unplug for the last, like day and a half and uh what better way to unplug than to uh, record an episode <laughs> to plug back into a microphone that's different <laughs> i i trust you they're different cables oh well yeah that makes a whole world of difference then right well lee who are we talking about for the wonderful month of april so for our full episode uh for april we are talking about t swift yes that's, that's taylor swift i'm so excited so this was actually uh, your pick. It was. Yeah. So this is Taylor Swift. This is her album, Evermore. Um, it's all in lowercase. Everything on the album's lowercase. Does that bother you? A little bit. Do other albums have capital letters? Yeah. Oh, I guess I didn't think it was weird. No. It's, I mean, it's unique for sure. That's totally the detail stuff that you would pay attention to. <laughs> like, yeah. where are my capital letters? I'm just like, what is this? <laughs> All right, so starting out on the wrong foot for you, T-Swift, newest album. T-Swift's newest album. Um, I've got quite a bit of notes, uh, so bear with me. Stop as you uh, need me to. Um, and yeah, we'll dive in with uh, some background stuff. Um, so Evermore is the ninth studio album by American singer-songwriter Taylor Swift. It was released on December 11th, 2020 through Republic Records, less than five months months after um taylor's eighth studio album folklore evermore was a spontaneous production with swift's extended collaboration oh of swift's extended collaboration with her folklore co-producer aaron uh, desner from the national um with whom she developed uh, a creative chemistry um described by swift as a sister record to folklore Evermore is a uh, thematic sequel to its predecessor, both uh, being surprise albums um, announced hours before their launch, uh, I think on Twitter, if I remember right. It may have been across a bunch of different platforms. Um, Evermore has elements of alternative rock, folk pop, and chamber rock uh, albums, um, characterized by wintry arrangements and finger-picking guitars, soft pianos, uh, and sparse strings. Um, the lyrics revolve around both fictitious and non-fictitious concepts of love, marriage, infidelity, noir, and grief. Uh, the lyrics take the form of third-person narratives um, and uh, impressionist storytelling. Um, Evermore received universal acclaim from music critics and was praised for its uh, character dynamics and experimental production. Um, publications placed uh, Evermore on many year-end best album lists for 2020. Um, the album reached number one in Argentina, Australia, Belgium, Canada, Croatia, New Zealand, Portugal, the United Kingdom, and the United States. Um, it opened atop the Billboard 200. Uh, it opened, yeah, atop the Billboard 200, making Swift the only woman in U.S. history to amass eight consecutive number one debut albums. She is a queen. Pretty crazy. Um, it broke a Guinness World Record for the shortest gap between uh, two number one albums by a female. Um, and the lead single, Willow, became Swift's seventh number one single on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100 and her second in 2020 after Cardigan, making her the first act to simultaneously debut atop both Billboard 200 and Hot 100 charts twice. Um, Swift also broke the record for shortest gap in Australia and the fastest uh, women to collect six number one albums in the UK. Uh, Republic Records reported more than a million copies of Evermore sold uh, in its first week globally. And that's a big deal, right? Because now you can download stuff. So the fact that people are actually buying the album is huge. Oh, yeah. I follow um, through social media one of the record stores in Denver called Twist and Shout. Mm -hmm. Um 
and yeah, they started releasing all these like signed copies of uh, the vinyl and the CD. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what is this? Like, where did they get these? Um, and apparently that was just part of the promotion for it. So they, you know, would post it like, hey, we've got 10 of these. And they'd post like five minutes later, like, oh, we're sold out. And then, you know, halfway through the day, they'd be like, oh, we found five more. And then they'd post, you know, two minutes later, like, oh, we sold out. Yeah. So people were eager to get this album, it sounds like. Yeah. I mean, one of the students that I was working with, I had the instrumental version of Evermore going on during uh, a break that they were on. And he came up to me. He was like, so this is Taylor Swift. And I was like, it is. How do you feel about that? And he's like, as soon as this album dropped, I got the vinyl. I got the T-shirt. And like, we had just a wonderful time nerding out about Taylor Swift together. (laughs) I like that his priorities were vinyl record, (laughs) T-shirt. Well, you know, you got to rep. Yeah, I mean, it's just interesting that, uh, like, to see vinyl making so much more of a comeback over, like, CDs. I know. There's just something classic about vinyl that, like, I don't think cassette tapes are going to have the comeback that vinyl is having. No, there's definitely a community out there, especially, um, I think, in part because of, like, the Grateful Dead and all the live tape trading that happened. So there's a community out there, I think, that still does cassettes, but I don't think it'll ever make a comeback like vinyl has. I would be I would be shocked if it did. Yeah, I mean, they'd have to start making cassette players again. Like, you can still get record players. I mean, when we were in Maryland, we found that Victrola store. So, oh, yeah. you know, I think, like, you're going to have to work a lot harder for that. But I do like that vinyl is coming back like it's one of those classic things that millennials are loving back into existence yeah millennials and gen z Mm -hmm. just loving it back into existence um so uh, i got a quote from taylor about the uh conception of this album Ooh. so to quote taylor swift she said to put it plainly we just couldn't stop writing songs uh to try to put it even more poetically It feels like we were standing on the edge of the folklorian woods and had a choice to turn and go back or to travel further into the forest of this music. We chose to wander deeper in, ellipses. Um, I've never done this before. In the past, I've always treated albums as one-off eras and moved on to planning the next one after an album was released. There was something different with folklore. In making it, I felt less like I was um, departing Uh, and more like I was returning. I love the escapism I found in these imaginary slash not imaginary tales. I love the ways you you welcomed the dreamscapes and tragedies and epic tales of love lost and found into your lives. So I kept writing them. And Mm. that's, again, Taylor Swift. I think that was to um, to some uh, English music magazine. I mean, that's a really beautiful sentiment that it felt like coming home because that's really how I felt listening to this album was like, oh, Taylor's finally back again because there was a point in her musical career where I was like, girl, you don't need like all of whatever your studio is adding to your music. Like you have a beautiful voice. You have a great message. Like why 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 are you being so poppy and yucky and hearing evermore i was like here it is like here's taylor again Mm -hmm. yeah so it it, you know it i think like what you're saying um i don't know if you've listened to any of taylor swift's re-release of her one album that now she's gone through and changed stuff on oh yeah love story yeah so i think like that speaks to what you're we're just saying about the studio, you know, doing all these overdubs and yucking things up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's interesting because some of them, I don't know that she's really changed all that much. Like Love Story and Love Story Taylor's version are very in alignment. Mm-hmm. But I think it's just part of her move to reclaim her music, which I think is probably something you're going to talk about. Yeah, um, it's definitely in there somewhere. (laughs) We'll continue. Um, So some notes about the writing and recording. Um, So Swift Swift continued to work remotely um, again with Aaron uh, Dresner. Um, He would send her instrumental tracks, and then she would write lyrics fitting those tracks, which is kind of a cool way to do it. 
Um, she would do this like very spontaneously and very um, just like free form, mm-hmm. uh, which sounds like that's not how she usually writes. So kind of neat. Um, Swift, Swift embraced the style of songwriting um, that stemmed from folklore. Um, and the again, the lyricism uh, is rooted in uh, first person fiction. Um, this album was recorded in total secrecy, which is pretty cool, especially when you think about like how many people are actually involved in making an album. Like, you know, there were string sections. She had guest musicians. Like, that's a lot of people to keep this quiet. Mm-hmm. So it, I think, speaks to uh, how much they believed in this project. Uh, and then I have a quote from Aaron uh, Dresner. He says, um, I've rarely had this kind of chemistry with anyone in my life to be able to write together, to make so many beautiful songs together in such a short period of time. Inevitably, I think we will continue to be in each other's um, artistic and personal lives. I don't know exactly what the next form uh, that will take, but certainly it will continue. I do not think this story, this era has concluded, and I think in such a beautiful way uh, with these sister records. Um, And he said that uh, to uh, Rolling Stone. Nice. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Um, and then the album features guest appearances uh, from three American bands, Haim, The National, and Bon Iver um, on Nobody, No Crime, Coney Island, and Evermore. Um, and background vocals provided by Marcus Mumford on Cowboy Like Me. Oh, from Mumford and Son? Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't realize he was on there, too. No, I didn't either. He's not listed in the, like track anywhere because on the all the other ones it'll say like you know taylor swift and Haim, taylor swift and bon iver taylor swift and the national um and i figured the national was gonna make an appearance in there because like they're one of their co-founders is helping her write everything so <laughs> so it makes sense yeah absolutely plug your band <laughs> use the platform you have yeah exactly um so i know there's a ton of other notes uh about this album and the recording process um, and everything, but this was kind of the stuff I wanted to let folks know before we dive into talking about the songs and everything. Um, again, if you want to learn more, there's a ton out there. Um, first person interviews from Taylor Swift and Aaron Dresner. Um, and yeah, there, you can find a ton of info about this. It's it's nice. So, Lee, what'd you think? So, so I... St- started the listening to this um as not a fan of taylor swift uh and i am still not a fan of taylor swift oh no so the it's you know since i've never followed her career and i've only heard i mean maybe five of her songs in the past like i don't know that this record had the impact that it had on you uh because you're much more of a fan of hers than i am and yeah i didn't really you know hear that much departure from other stuff of hers that i've heard and i agree it was a lot less poppy but some of my notes on songs i was like this is still very poppy and like her vocals are still being <laughs> double tracked and like you know that's very much her sound is these double tracked vocals um and they're not on every song but when they are they're they're right there mhm so you know this was not a record for me um, I don't, if we were in a road trip or something and you were like, Hey, I'm playing a record, like I'm DJing for a minute. Um, and you put this on, like, that'd be fine. Uh, but I'm not going to seek this out. <sighs> I understand. So I, I think it will be important for you to start on the songs and stuff, uh, since they meant more to you than they did to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I'll kind of take the role of that you traditionally fill in this podcast where i'll talk about the songs and you you know add add your very nice bits and feelings <laughs> about them uh, I'm my re- nice bits. god i am putting my foot in my mouth <laughs> i mean you bring a lot to the table with this podcast and i'm usually the one that likes the albums and picks them and stuff so i usually have a lot more to say <laughs> so i think you're gonna have a lot more to say and i'll you know throw in and um, after reading through my comments, I'm like, oh God, people are going to think I'm just like shitting all over this album. <laughs> and I don't want that to, uh, come across that way. Like it's my opinion and, you know, 
who am I? I'm just some guy. <laughs> so like, yeah, please. Okay. Well, I'm I'm happy to take the lead. Okay. I think something that you should know about Taylor Swift is that she's 31. So she's right in our age bracket. Oh, yeah. And as she has been putting out albums her entire life, like those have really corresponded with my major life milestones too because she's singing about like being in love in high school with your best friend and do they notice and of course they don't to like 22 came out when I turned 22 and like you need a theme song for a year of your life and so just like following through those things um, like I remember we are never getting back together came out the same year I had a really bad breakup and I was like yes queen like this is what I needed and I remember my friends and I just blaring that really loud during our breakups because we're like they're idiots and we have somebody that has music that fits the moment so I think that's what Taylor Swift has been to me is just like music that matches me growing up so that's why I have really appreciated her music like definitely some stuff in the middle there that I was like "Ah, take it leave it I'm okay Um, but I loved Evermore because it really did feel like her coming back to the sound that I loved of Taylor Swift and I also feel like a lot of the themes that she was bringing up again just corresponded with some really important moments in my life too um so that's kind of like the peek behind the curtain of why I really wanted you to listen to this album with me is because I was like if there's anything that might get you to like Taylor Swift like it might be this more mature sound of hers Yeah, and I remember you, um, like, she released Folklore, and you were like, oh, my God, this album is so good. And I was like, oh, okay, like, is it it an album you want to feature on the podcast? And you were like, oh, yeah, sure. And then it was, like, a couple months later, uh, Evermore came out, and you were like, oh, no, this is the album of hers that we're going to talk about. Um, and like we, it's not limited to just one album. We can talk more about her albums in the future. (laughs) Um, but yeah, you were so excited about this album. Uh, and we're super excited to listen to it and have us talk about it. And this is also one of the more timely albums that we've been able to cover. I know. It's recent, and part of me honestly thinks because Folklore and Evermore are sister albums, and Evermore's the younger sister. Like, that's me and my family as well, so of course I'm going to love the younger sister more. (laughs) Like, I just relate to it, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and having not heard any of folklore like you know it seems like since she's continuing the songwriting process the collaboration process like this would be a a more well-rounded album because they've got their process down they know what they're doing they know how the songwriting is going to work so they've just kind of ironed out all those little bits Mm -hmm. yeah for sure well I guess we can just start by going through the songs Um, and if you have anything to add feel free to just jump in yeah i've got notes on a couple i've got a lot of notes on um marjorie oh gosh that one is a tearjerker so when we get there we can i'll you know pipe in more okay sounds good um well i guess we'll start from the top with willow which is the opening song of the album um and i don't I know that this was one of the top hits of the album, um, and I don't know that it was really my favorite off of there, mm-hmm. except for the one line where they're like, I come st- back stronger than a 90s trend. Like, that one just makes me laugh so much, because <laughs> I'm like, oh, the 90s, like, you really never do stay gone, do you? <laughs> no. Um, I'm glad you pointed that lyric out to me, too, because I was, you were like, oh, I love this lyric, and I was like, oh, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's funny. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, that was pretty good. Uh, but yeah, for me listening to this, like being the open opening number of the album and everybody from everything I had heard was like, this is so different. Oh my God, Taylor Swift, so different. Um, I was like, the first song she talks about, that's my man. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's not, it's not different. <laughs> that's very Taylor Swift. Yeah. That like, is on brand. Yeah. I was like, that is on brand with everything I know about Taylor Swift's albums. Like, <laughs> fuck you, John Mayer. And <laughs> that's my man i mean there is a beautiful line though of life is a willow and it bends right to your wind and you know just thinking about the willow tree as an image and how flexible it needs to be in the face of all of 
the life that gets thrown at it. I think it's a really beautiful image for love. Like you can't be this super rigid tree or you're going to get knocked over by something. You have to have some flexibility in your relationships. And like I do love that picture of a willow tree as love. Yeah, I do too. That's um I like that I like when you explain it. Um yeah, it made me think of uh Disney's Pocahontas. Oh, grandmother willow. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Cuz like her face pops up in that, you know, knot that's totally a heart shape. Mhm. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That was my most favorite Disney movie. Yeah. There's a lot wrong with it, but yeah. it was definitely my favorite as a kid. Yeah, Mel Gibson's in it. Who was Mel Gibson? The white guy, John Smith. <laughs> there was a lot John. of white guys in Pocahontas. The blonde one, the main guy. John Smith. Yeah, his name's literally John Smith. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm he voices him, I'm pretty sure, unless I'm really getting that wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's Mel Gibson. Oh, okay. Well. Yeah, in that weird way of Disney getting like really famous people to voice people that you're like, what? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, Willow was, I, that was on my list. I would I would listen to that again. Um, The next song that they was on the album, Champagne Problems, I also find really beautiful. Yeah. Um, I think... Just like the melody and acoustics of it, like the very mellow look at relationships of like one person being super into it and one person being very not into it. Um, and then not knowing until the other person was asking them to marry them. Like mm. that's actually a more common love story than I think we give credit for. And it's not a love story that necessarily is the top one that people like to talk about because it's so messy. And so I liked that that was in here. I liked that it was just from her perspective because when you're in a relationship, it's really messy. And sometimes it's hard to actually know what you want. And there was part of me that was like, you know, champagne problems like you have somebody that loves you and you just can't even with it what's wrong with you but it takes a lot of courage to be the person who's like I can't and I can't do this to you and I know this hurts a whole heck of a lot right now but it's way better that she did it then than like leaving you at the altar or leaving you after 10 years you know Mm -hmm. so again like I was just glad that this song was covered yeah, my notes for this song were T-Swift dropped an F-bomb. <laughs> what a shame she's effed in the head, they said. Yeah, that was it. I was just like, oh, edgy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. And I think that is part of this album, too, is there is an edge to the relationships that they cover. Things aren't pretty. They aren't easy. They aren't copacetic all the time. It's not the love story that she sings about when she's 15 and 18. It's a, like... No, <laughs> love is not sunshine and rainbows. Love's got some sharp edges. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, this. she's definitely aging with her audience, and mm-hmm. it shows through this album, and I'm sure it shows through folklore, even though I've never listened to that. Um, so, it's yeah, it's nice to see her, like, aging, too, because mm-hmm. if she was still singing the exact same things. Yeah, um, no. Yeah, that would, like, that would just not feel genuine, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and... I I don't know. I just really appreciated it. It's definitely one of those songs where it comes on and like it's kind of sad and melancholic, but I will still pause what I'm doing to listen to it because I feel like it's a story that really needs to be honored. Hmm, nice. Yeah. That, I'm glad it uh I'm glad it resonated. I agree that story is not um talked about or sung about very often. Um next song on the album, Gold Rush. Uh, oh yeah that's the only song on the album not produced by uh aaron dresner oh really fun fact it was produced by oh gosh i can't remember his name but yeah some guy he's in what is his band called the the bleachers i think is his band i can't remember his name though oh i really like the bleachers do you? I've never even heard of them. Oh, they have a couple oh, of good songs. I'm glad you know them. Well, it's the guy from the bleachers that he uh, produced this one for. Oh, okay. Nice. Her. Well, okay. So Gold Rush, like, 
I just have to say, like, this is a powerhouse moment for T-Swift and for women everywhere because there's always that one guy or girl, depending on who you're into, that is, like, the hot, shiny thing. And everybody's like, oh, my gosh, like, what would it be like to be with you? Oh, I just hope they notice me. And in this song, they're... Swift is kind of like, no, like, I don't want a gold rush. I don't want double vision in rose blush. Like, I don't want to know what it's like to die to feel your touch. I don't need it. I'm good. And I think that it's just this moment of like, you're not that special, like good looking person. Could you just take it down a notch for me? And I, again, like, I really respect that perspective. Yeah, interesting. I did not gleam that from the lyrics. Um, that's totally the perspective I had with, you know, like the it people in high school and college was just like, like you, I wouldn't want to date you. <laughs> I'm good over here. Yeah, like you're probably a ton of work and I don't have time for that. Yeah, I'm, you know, again, it's like, I, I mean, clearly, because I married you, I like the, like, awkward, nerdy guy. And there's something to be said for the awkward, nerdy guy. And We bring a lot to the table, damn it. <laughs> you do. You're wonderful. <laughs> I adore you, and I would marry you again. Thanks. But, yeah, I think that's just part of why I really like this song is, like, I don't need that. And we spend so much time telling our young women like, oh, the captain of the football team, he's the dream. And even some of T Swift's younger songs are around that theme, too, of, like, he's the captain and I'm the, like, in the marching band on the bleachers. And it's, like, that's, like, yes, that's shiny, but that's not real. And to really, like, push yourself to look at who am I actually looking for in a relationship like, what do I actually want? And it doesn't need to follow society's standards of who you're supposed to be with. Yeah. Cool. I am getting so much more respect for this album listening to you explain it. <laughs> See, this is why I wanted you to take the role I typically take. Uh, I just put my foot in my mouth earlier because I hadn't <laughs> rehearsed what I was going to say in my head. But yeah, you're you're shedding a whole lot of light onto this that I did not see uh, upon first listen honestly i got really stuck in how every song was just like kind of quiet and breathy mm -hmm. and it really reminded me of um it's like every edgy sci-fi movie trailer <laughs> oh it totally is takes like a popular song and like gives it to a female vocalist mm -hmm. to make it like really quiet and kind of slow and kind of scary like you're going to be murdered to it right and all of a sudden it's like coming this summer <laughs> and you just hear like i got a lovely bunch of coconuts <laughs> deedle dee dee <laughs> and it's just like oh my like i i have about walked out of a few movies because the trailers <laughs> for the upcoming movies are just terrible and like oh that the only song in that style that i like is uh lana del rey's version of uh summertime mm, yes like that one really works but otherwise it's just gonna make me really mad so i think i got hung up on that for a couple of these songs i was just like oh my god this is totally a movie trailer waiting for the axe to come out from behind you and somebody sneaks up on you right like that or waiting for it to cut to like chris pratt and hear a voiceover and be like there's nothing we can do you're flying directly into the sun <laughs> You know, and Chris Pratt's just like, well, looks like we got to get out of here. Or however he sounds. <laughs> That's not how Chris Pratt sounds. No, that took a turn for Shaggy from Scooby-Doo. Like zoinks. You know, I have so much empathy for how hard it must have been to sit through this album with that paradigm. And I, I'm sorry that we didn't download on some of this earlier to help make it enjoyable. But maybe after we're done talking... Not now. I won't make you do it now, but maybe eventually you could listen to it again with some some fresh glasses. Yeah, I think that's um, I think that's a must now. Uh, yeah, thanks for letting me get on a soapbox. <laughs> I like I like this. I like being 
in in your position on this. Isn't it a nice you, position? You talk about the songs, and I just get to pepper things in, and <laughs> this is lovely. I love it. I, I got your back. I'll do more Next albums. Next song. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, okay. Next song, Tis the Damn Season. Uh, that's oh, yeah. the na- title of the song. Right again, I'm like, oh, Taylor swore. I know, but you know what? Like, I feel this, especially thinking about because the song's about somebody who goes home for the holidays, right? And they're there, and an old love is there, and it's like, oh, well, like every there's a line in there that's something like, um, and every road leads to you and my hometown, and this idea that when you go home there are these people that you kind of sort of had a thing with or maybe you didn't it was an almost thing and then you reconnect and it's like oh is this gonna be it and then I'm gonna go back to my life she's like I'm gonna go back to LA and my so-called friends and they'll write books about me if I ever make it but like I'll always remember you and my hometown and I think it's just that kind of sweet relationship that folks have that Again, it doesn't get talked about very often, but that relationship that you're like, this can't work forever, but it's the holidays and I miss you and I miss how easy life was. And it's nice to just remember that for a minute. Yeah, I agree. That So that song reminded me so much of, um, it's a Joni Mitchell song off of her album Blue called River. Mm-hmm. And it's that super sad Christmas song that they... Oh. <laughs> It came up recently in that, what was it, Zoe and Dash? Uh Dash and Lily? Dash and Lily. That was it. It came up in that, and as I was listening to this, I was just like, oh, man, that is like some Joni Mitchell realness right there. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I was like, you know, you you never hear River get played on Christmas, even though it is a Christmas song. So I was like, is this going to be one of those Christmas songs that's never played on Christmas because it's like a sad Christmas song? But the thing is, like, it doesn't need to get played on Christmas because people are literally living this on Christmas or on Hanukkah or on Kwanzaa when they go home. Like, this is the song that's underplaying every family gathering. Mm. When you look out the window and you're like, oh, God, like, can I sneak away from my crazy family for a minute? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) This is it. Right. Huh. Interesting. Again, you're just shedding a light on all these... uh... All these things I had not picked up from this album. Well, then let's continue down down the track, shall yeah, we? Let's do it. What's the next one? Uh, Dorothea. Oh, I had that. Oh, you didn't like Nobody, No Crime? Uh, for me, Nobody, No Crime totally went back to like her original country roots, even mm. like the opening chords of it. And I, I mean, of the two of us, I love country music, but it just felt weird to be on this album right like your friend thinks her husband is being unfaithful husband murders best friend you murder husband and everybody thinks it's his girlfriend because she took out a big life insurance policy you know like story wise such a cool story really good song felt kind of weird on this album okay yeah I agree it was very out of place I had uh, my notes were just uh, narrator's perspective question mark because I was like wait who is the narrator like because it's like she thinks this other person did it but then no she did it but then she didn't do it and so yeah again hearing you explain the killings and the buryings and the life insurance that happens I'm like oh that makes more sense Mm -hmm. but it's totally again like and I think this is the overriding story of this whole album is what are the love stories that occur, at least here in the U.S.? I don't know what it's like in other countries, but what are the stories that happen here that aren't told very often? And let's give those stories a voice. So in this one, right, it's like this is the story of like woman friendship Mm. and like if something happened to my best friend uh, and her husband had secretly killed her, which he never would because he's wonderful. Like He is. Such a good human. Hi, Nick. <laughs> but, like, I would F somebody up real bad. And that's what she is saying in this thing of, like, well, there was no body, so the police said there was no crime, even though I know my best friend's dead and his 
mistress has now moved in where my best friend was and like thankfully my dad taught me how to drive a boat and clean things up and now he's gone and hey there's no body and no crime so, so it's like she killed her dad uh no she killed the husband of her best friend that murdered her best friend yeah Com- coming this summer <laughs> to a theater near you yeah here you go friends will kill friends will kill boyfriends will kill <laughs> fish Oh my goodness, it's not that complicated. You put the lime in the <laughs> coconut <laughs> and mix them both together. <laughs> I said, doctor. So yeah, that's my my feeling about No Body, No Crime. Again, okay. like, interesting story, good song, like odd, odd fit. Yeah, it was. Thanks for explaining the narrative, the narrator's perspective, because I was so confused on what was going on in that song. And, you know, with this whole album and with music in general, I need to listen to it, but then I also need to read the lyrics while it's happening so I can actually figure out what the story is. So I would say, like, you're for sure not the only person who might listen to this and be like, hang on, what's going on? Mm-hmm. And you might need to listen to it a couple times. And I think even that, and this might be a little too conspiracy theory, but even that for me relates to love. Like sometimes it's not the first time you see someone or you hear somebody talk. Sometimes it's not the second time or the third, but it's the fourth time when you're like really paying attention to them that you're like, wow, this human has so much sparkle in them and I have to get to know them better. Mm, Yeah. I get that. Just took me 10 years. It's fine. <laughs> I waited. <laughs> you did. Um, so thanks for uh, thanks for sidetracking to that song. Um, so Dorothea. Uh, Dorothea. This is totally like high school best friend song. Um, you know, the line where she's like, uh, we skip the prom just to piss off your mom and her pageant schemes. Uh, so T Swift is from Texas originally. Gotcha. Uh, pageants huge down there. Big. If you think about like Dumplin' on Netflix, Ugh, like love that, that movie, so good, that kind of culture. Um, and you know, I think it really does just make me think about a couple of my high school friends and I'm just like, where are you and how are you? And if you ever get tired of being known for who, you know, like you'll always know me, like we'll always be friends. We'll always have that time together. And even though for some of them, I haven't talked to them since high school. I'm like, I still like hold a lot of compassion in my heart for you. And I hope you, know that I think about you and I want to know how you are and I hope our paths cross again. Oh, yeah. You're such a good person. I just, I really value those relationships. I think in part because I'm just a really awkward person and a direct person and a shy person. So to form relationships takes a lot of work for me and I really value them when I have them. Yeah, me too. I am not direct. Uh, but I am the other two things. Uh, so, yeah, I feel like the friends I had in high school, the ones I still have, are there for a reason. Mm-hmm. So I don't know that I'm as into keeping up with people as you. It's definitely a, a flaw of mine because there are friends that I'm like, I really need to keep up with you that I just, you know, it just falls off because it's hard to reach out and call someone. It is. And eventually you're like, well, it's been 10 years, so I guess it's too long. Too much has passed. Right. Like, oh, they probably changed their phone number. Yeah. And, you know, there are those relationships that you should definitely let go of because they're not healthy. Or there are those friendships that you're like, hey, I'll see you again in 10 years just to catch up. But, like, there's a real value to having people who know you before you got started. Um, And before, you know, for Taylor Swift or in this song, Dorothea, before she was a big deal, to have the people who know you at your roots before you were cool, before Mm. they needed to like you, you know? Yeah. I mean, joke's on them. I was never cool. (laughs) I thought you were cool. Your John Lennon hair and your Che Guevara (laughs) t-shirts. Yes. 
Thanks. I thought I was cool and edgy and all that. I'm glad you noticed me, and I'm glad we stayed connected as long as we did, and mm-hmm. then got married, and now we're connected. Forever. Always, at the hip. <laughs> yeah, there's no getting away now. It's pretty pretty magical. Uh, yeah, my notes for... Oh, do you have anything else on Dorothea? No, okay. I'd love to hear yours. Uh, my notes for this song was that it sounds like a slowed down version of the Faces song, Ooh La La. Oh. Which is that song, I wish that I knew what I know now. Oh. When I was younger. Like, it sounded like that. To me, the, the lyrical interplay... Because in the faces, it's a uh, grandfather talking to his grandson. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of what I thought this was going to be. Or that's how it sounded to me. was like a mother kind of talking to a daughter or even like an older sister talking to a younger sister. Mm-hmm. And just being like, oh, yeah. Wish that I knew what I know now when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Because some, I mean, someday we'll have to cover that faces song because it's really good. It makes me think a lot about my grandpa. Mm. Um, but. Yeah, that that sounded that's what this sounded like to me and that's what it made me think of was just that that um like yeah, you'll you've got to learn just like me and that's the hardest way. Mm-hmm. Ooh la la. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think Dorothea does have that feeling to it of like do you remember and like I I wish we could go back to that sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, Ooh La La definitely has that. Like, I wish that I could go back, but then by the end of the song, you know, it, it changes to like, well, it wouldn't do, like, it wouldn't do you any good to go back. Like, you're still going to have to learn mm-hmm. just like me, mm-hmm. and that's the hardest way. Um. So, yeah, I mean, it's... I think if you offered people a time machine and said, like, you can go back and change something or, you know, and there will be no, like, butterfly effect. Um, I think a lot of people would take you up on that, but I don't know that that's a wise decision, right? Because those experiences make you who you are. Mm -hmm. So going back and changing them really would change the person that you are. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's not a good, that's probably not a good thing. Yeah, and again, like, your people make you who you are from all the different stages of your life. Right, right. Cool. So what did you have after Dorothea? Did you have Coney Island? Oh, I did, because I love Coney Island so much. The place or the song? The song. I don't really... I've never been to the place. The place kind of scares me. Okay, I was like, have you been to the place? I've never been there. I know that's where the Warriors take place, the greatest movie ever made. What did you put down for the song, Coney Island, Lee? <laughs> uh, my notes were, unexpected duet is unexpected. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because she's, <laughs> she's just like singing and doing her thing. And then all of a sudden, like, here's this other voice. And you're just like, whoa. I, I mean, I even said that as we were down there listening to it. Uh-huh. I was just like, oh, well, there that is. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's uh, that song is done with the national. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love the, like, super deep baritone of the National. Like, it was just a really nice coupling with Taylor Swift's vocal range. Right, and that's why it caught me off guard, because I was not expecting this duet. And then all of a sudden, here's this, like, deep baritone voice with Taylor Swift's, like, very kind of high register. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just like, whoa, that's not Taylor. Mm-hmm. It's not, but it was so good, because... Like, it's these people reflecting on their love and, you know, like, did, where did we go wrong is really what they're asking. And it's like, when I was up at the podium, I think I forgot to say your name over and over. And, you know, with Coney Island, I think they're kind of going with the idea of, like, Ferris wheels and um, roller coasters and stuff and the twists and turns, but it's like this happens over and over and over. And those kind of things, like, that's what ends up sinking a relationship, but you don't notice it until it's too late. And so it's like you can tell that the masculine voice in the song is at one point they're like, and when... I got into the accident, the sight that flashed before me was your face, right? So, like, clearly you're really important to me. 
And yet, as I progress in my life, I think I forgot to say your name. I think I forgot to thank you. I think I forgot to value you. Hmm. And it's just this reminder of like, what are we doing? Like, are we being intentional with our relationships and with our love? And that, just like how they sing over and over, like that gets stuck in my head over and over, uh, ironically. But, you know, it is just a reminder for me. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Huh, yeah, I just got stuck on the like, whoa, that's uh, not Taylor's voice. Mm-hmm. I... Coney Island, like, you mentioned a Ferris wheel. The, the, the Coney Island is the home of the Wonder Wheel. <laughs> Are we going to go to Coney Island Featured now? prominently in The Warriors. The greatest movie of all time. Of all time. You know, it's just like you're... The song, right? It's just this couple, and they're like fighting their way through New York to get back to their turf, and like they're taking subways, and and they just want to get back to their turf. See, that movie applies to everything, y'all. If you haven't seen The Warriors, it's okay. You're still a good person. It would make Lee really happy if you invested a couple hours of your life in it, and it's an investment. It's fine. It's a good movie. It's his favorite movie. It's an investment of two hours. Yeah, that's probably about how long it is. It's good. It's very 70s. It's way better than Kung Pao. <gasps> that movie's awesome. That movie is horrible. <laughs> it's hilarious. I will not get two hours of my life back for that. No. No, you won't. Anyway, we keep getting distracted. <laughs> Shall we continue down the T-Swift track? Yeah, so what song did you have after uh, Coney Island? Oh, my goodness. Long story short. Okay. Um, Because this is the one where it's like, uh, long story short, it was the wrong guy. Okay. Um, it's like, fell from the precipice right down the rabbit hole. Oh, that yeah, one. yeah, yeah, that one. Oh, man, I love that one because... Like, it's just the story of getting back up again after a bad relationship. And, like, at first, right, you have a really bad breakup and there's tears and there's heartbreak and you're telling everybody the, like, five-hour version of the story that mm. they didn't ask for when they asked how you are. Yeah, been there. But then eventually you get to this point where it's, like, long story short, wrong guy, wrong time. And I love how she ends it with, uh, long story short, I'll be fine. And it's like, I can get back up. I can be strong. Like, I found this person who's the right person this time that I'm super in love with. And, like, long story short, that other one was wrong. Mm -hmm. And I, like, I, whenever I have people that go through a really bad breakup, this is what I hope for them. Like, I hope that eventually you will get to the point where you can be like, long story short, just sucked. Yeah. Yeah, and that can definitely take people a long time, like, Years. Years, yeah. Um, I think it uh I think that makes so much more sense now why she hits fine for like three beats mm -hmm. instead of, you know, it's a one syllable word, but she draws it out for that like three beat measure. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that makes sense. And yeah, it's interesting to talk to people and look back at uh, you know our own lives and just be like oh yeah it's was, it was fine we just weren't right for each other mm -hmm. but in the in that moment right you're just like your world is getting torn apart yeah you're like i'm never gonna get to that just fine part and like she was just so like strong and emphatic in that i'm just fine line and it's like you are like you are just fine you're doing great like and for everybody else who isn't there yet, like, just keep holding on because it comes eventually and it really sucks right now. And I'm sorry it sucks so much. Yeah, it's hard, but, you you know, you got to keep getting back up. And you don't have to get up, you know, right now, but eventually you should. Yeah. So that was uh, Long Story Short, another powerhouse song. I loved it. Nice. Um, and now we are on to Marjorie, which you have quite a few notes about. So I'm going to pass back to you so that you can talk about Marjorie for a minute. Okay. So uh, the notes I have for Marjorie. Um, so Marjorie details Taylor Swift's grief and guilt over her, gra her grandmother um, and opera singer Marjorie Finlay, uh, who passed away when Taylor Swift was 13 years old. Um, it's, it's lyrics consist of, uh, her grandmother's wisdom, um, yeah, her wisdom and, um, 
no just yeah her wisdom and like stories and stuff mm-hmm. um and then as well as uh some of taylor swift's memories and regrets mm-hmm. are in there so it's this interesting like kind of like grief story love story about her grandma um and i, I mean i think we you know that resonates with a lot of people like my grandmothers are both thankfully still alive and like i'm so thankful that they've been able to know me into my 30s mm-hmm. like not a lot of people get that and it's it's very special um and i've you know i've had such a long time to live with them and uh hear their wisdoms and you know i i know getting old's not for sissies because of them so <laughs> yeah they're not sissies they are not sissies and they tell me that often um so yeah it's i mean i'm thankful i have them it's yeah i don't know what it's like to not have them like it's going to be hard when they're not there yeah i mean and i'm sitting on the other side of the ocean at this point where none of my grandparents are there and i think that's why marjorie is such an important song to me because my grandmas were powerhouse ladies yeah they were like you did not screw with grandma (laughs) and uh, you know I think there's a special relationship that a girl has with her mom but there's also a really special relationship that she has with her grandma and I understand when Taylor's talking about the legacy that Marjorie left for her that she's picking up and it's in the closet and you pull it out and what do you do with this legacy of your grandmother and You know, it really makes me think about what is the legacy that grandma, grandma's left for me, you know, and I think about how like one grandma was a kindergarten teacher and really cared about young people and educating them. And I would imagine that she did that with a incredible amount of compassion. And then my other grandma was like a powerhouse business lady who worked her way up from the mailroom to be one of the top people in the organization. And like, I remember my dad tells the story of him being really sassy as a young kid. And she was, he was telling her that he was taller than her. And so he finally got to be in charge and she pulled up a chair and stood on top of it and held the checkbook above him and said, you (laughs) might be taller, but I'm in control. And she hit him with it. (laughs) I like it. You know, so it's like, those are my grandmas. Like you did not mess with them. They were like super like powerhouse ladies who knew what they wanted and they figured it out and like that is the legacy that they have left for me as their granddaughter and there are things like you and I were out today and this 80 year old lady was like do you want me to stand up so that you can you two can sit down and I was like ma'am my grandmothers would come out of their graves and kill me like I am not taking a seat from an 80 year old lady Mm -hmm. yeah exactly I was like no you're like 80 like come on like that's a nice gesture but like please sit down (laughs) don't do this i'm fine yeah so i just i was so glad again it's another story that we don't really talk about but like your relationship with the like founders of your history because to me that's really what my grandmas were Mm -hmm. yeah yeah, and especially from, like, Taylor's perspective, right? And her grandmother is this, like, famous opera singer and, like, gave her, or helped inspire her music, her love for music. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah, that's a huge legacy to carry around on your shoulders. Yeah, absolutely. And it does feel really heavy. Like, I remember when my grandma died, I went out and I helped my aunt clean out the house and organize it and get it ready for showings and you know there's the line where it's she's talking about like the dead don't stay dead and you're still with me and yeah I mean that's what it feels like you know I still have dreams about my grandma we still have really great conversations Mm -hmm. and yeah like I just love them both very much yeah I mean I think 
like part of that is why uh, that movie Coco got me so much. Oh yeah. With the is it an Alfred Alfredze? Or they have the the mantle with all the pictures of their deceased relatives. Oh, I know it's Dia, Dia de los Muertos, but I don't know dead. what the altar is. Yeah. So I think that is like so cool that, you know, like they honor their memories and they keep these memories alive for generations. And I think we could, you know, take a page from that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like it's been cool to see my mom go through and do so much genealogy mm-hmm. and dig up these people that I've never heard of because like I know about back to my great grandparents but then that's kind of it like you hear stories about um people past them but Mm -hmm. like i've never heard names attached to them and they've always just not been you know corroborated Mm -hmm. so it's like well maybe that happened but it's been cool to see her go through the family history like that and be like oh this is a picture of your like five times great grandfather Mm -hmm. like after he came through Ellis Island. Like, whoa. Yeah. So it's neat to be able to put faces to these and names to these people that you're like, I'm connected to you. Mm-hmm. And, and like, yeah. your decisions are part of the reason I'm here, which is crazy. Yeah. And I just wonder, like, if I met them, you know, you talked about having a time machine. If I went back and I met them, would they be proud like, have I done my family name justice in the way that I need to? Yeah, they would be. Your grandmas would be so proud. Thanks. Mm-hmm. They would be. I know it. Um. So the last song that I wanted to talk about was Closure. Whoa. Yeah. This is my favorite song on the album, which says a lot because the other songs we've talked about I do truly enjoy. But closure, the notes that I have for this are, yes, queen. (laughs) Because this is the ultimate fuck you song. (laughs) Yeah. It's so good for so many levels. And like, let's just break it down. So the song starts out and it is not very acoustically pleasing. Like it sounds like a machine is breaking. Yeah. P.S., Big Machine Records was Taylor's record company that dropped her right before she dropped Folklore. Whoa. And they wanted her back. And that's what this song is about. Oh, okay. So in closure, it's a person that's like, um, yes, I got your letter. Yes, I'm doing better. Yes, I know it's over. I don't need your closure. And for me, this totally goes back to my Adele rant that I had, but like, screw you for reaching out and being like hey it's over do you know that like get out get out of my face get out of my time get out of my zip code like i do not need this yeah and there's a line where it's like i can feel you smoothing me over reaching out across the sea that you put between you and me so like this isn't about me this is about you trying to make yourself feel better for the dumb decisions you made and like you have to live with this you big dumb human (laughs) yeah you know and there's a line in there too where she's like i'm fine with my spite and my tears and my beers and my candles and i'm like oh what did that person say to you because you are about to own them and i just mm. Yes, Queen. Love this song very much. Yeah. Um, do you need some water? You're <laughs> just, oh. You're fired up over there. I'm so fired up because that, again, that's just one of those things that gets me from zero to pissed off. Like that is like, don't be a jerk and then come back and try and make it better because all you're doing is either reopening a wound or making me feel like I need to comfort you because you feel sad that you were a jerk to me. Like, that is not how this gets to work. Mm. Feel your feelings somewhere away from me. Testify. <laughs> I just, oh man, it really pisses me off. And I was so glad that there was finally a song that encapsulates how much it pisses me off. Yeah, I am I'm I'm to all team Al for this. Like that is not okay. I've had that same thing happen and it just 
sucks. And at the time, I was too oblivious to know that that's what was happening. Mm-hmm. But after the fact, I was like, oh, that's totally what this was. Like, that's not okay. Yeah. And the line where she's like, I don't need, like, I know that it's over. I don't need your closure. You need your closure. Go get your closure somewhere else because I'm good. Yeah, I just, that's my soapbox. I will step down from it. (laughs) But, oh, man. Yeah, I, this is a queen song. Yeah, it it is. Um, Yeah, I liked that one. I didn't have any notes on it, but I liked it. Um, I did like the album Closer uh, Evermore. Mm. Um, I thought it was a nice way to close an album. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I really liked the cycle of that song where at first, you know, it's what we were just talking about. At first, you're really heartbroken, and she's like, I thought this pain would be forevermore. And then she gets to the end, and she's like, it wouldn't be forevermore. It'll be for folklore more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. It, um, I thought it was a really good way to end the album, and like how interesting that the title song off of the album is the last song. You mm-hmm. know, usually it's the first song, and usually things are capitalized, but not on this album and that's fine (laughs) it's not Um, fine to you (laughs) no it's not it really bugged me zero percent fine yeah so i thought this was a really good spot to end the album um and yeah it was a good song yeah you know even down to like the artwork of the album it's taylor in a flannel looking out and she's got like that really pretty braid you know it it just felt really simple compared to thinking about some of her other stuff. Um, like, I mean, in the folk music tradition, right? Like, they go for that authenticity of, like, singer-songwriter's past. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, look at um, the freewheeling Bob Dylan. Like, he's walking down the street in his, I think they're Levi's. Mm-hmm. He's wearing his Levi's. He's wearing a denim shirt. And then he's got, like, you know, a very, like, um like ranch hand or farmer jacket on like he's really trying to personify that folk musician Mm -hmm. and i think you know taylor with her hair kind of in that like messy braid in this like gingham flannel shirt that we think of when we think of a flannel shirt like that's very like trying to step into that folk singer persona and be that authentic um person of the genre Mm-hmm. yeah it it was and I think that's why I liked it because it really was so authentic you know stepping away from the like murdering people of no body no crime like I think almost every other relationship that's on this album I know somebody who's been in a relationship like that and I again just so appreciated that those stories were finally given a voice yeah yeah i um like i'm i would give this album after hearing everything you said like i would give it another listen Mm -hmm. um i'm still you know not a taylor swift fan but i would i think hearing everything you have said would make me look at these songs differently um and it's definitely changed my opinion a little bit uh in that she's you know she's moved forward with her songs Mm -hmm. to me they still sound on the outside the same but when you get a deeper look at the lyrics and what they mean um you're like oh yeah she's she's growing she's changing yeah and you know what's interesting is like more than any other album of t-swift that i've looked at people really talk about the poetry of her lyrics in this one And, you know, I know you love Bob Dylan and people compare Dylan to Shakespeare. And I'm certainly not saying that Taylor Swift is Shakespeare. But I do think that there's something to be said for, like, having to work for it. And, like, if you really want to know what I'm saying, it's right here. But you have to pay attention. And I've always found that those people tend to be the most interesting to me when I really have to work to listen and think about what they're saying and push myself to the next level. And it's not just a like, hey, how are you? Great. Bye. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think that 
that's just what this album challenges us to do is think critically about it and you know going back just briefly to the song evermore she dropped this in december of 2020 uh probably hands down the crummiest year for so many people and for the last line to be it wouldn't be forevermore like there is hope on the other side of this crazy train that we are all aboard right now Mm -hmm. and like we're we're gonna get there it's not forevermore it's comforting yeah good yeah it sounds like a lot of people got comfort from this um so i'm glad she put it out and glad she felt muse tugging at her sleeve um and it sounds like uh we have definitely not heard the last from t swift and it'll be interesting to see if we get another surprise drop anytime soon and if it's uh still along these quote-unquote folky lines well we i sincerely appreciate you uh sitting and listening to this album with me uh, I know it was hard, but I think it's a testimony to how much you care about me that we <laughs> listened to T-Swift. So thank you. Uh, round of applause and love for you. <laughs> Thanks. And why don't we move away from her to look at who we get to talk about next? Yeah. So um, April marks uh, our one-year anniversary of launching our podcast. Yeah, actually, it does. Actually, April 2nd, which I think is when this episode comes out. Um, so this will mark our one year of doing our podcast. So for our bonus episode, we wanted to take a look at um, a song by the Mountain Goats, um, and the song is called This Year. And I found out about this song like really early in 2021, and was like, man, where was this through all of 2020? Seriously. Like, this was the song we needed for 2020. Um, and I don't know where it was and why more people weren't talking about it. Um, it did not come out in 2020. But, yeah, I'm excited to tell folks all about it and uh, unpack a little bit about what the last year of doing this podcast has been like. Yeah, I am so stoked. It's going to be a really great episode. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. So again, the song is This Year by The Mountain Goats. Check it out. And Lee, while we're listening to your wonderful voice, if people want to get in touch with us, what should they do? Yeah, if people want to get in touch with us and tell us our thoughts about Evermore and um, how I'm wrong for not liking it. (laughs) uh, They wouldn't do that. (laughs) They can email us uh, at... Um, songs of our own podcast at gmail.com um, or they can drop us a review uh, on apple podcasts perfect thanks lee yeah y'all thank you so much for joining us spending this time together we do hope you're well wherever you are um this has been songs of our own and until we get to be with you again enjoy your own songs you